Welcome to the Catholic Cafe, where Catholic truth is served fresh daily. We've made you a reservation in the luxurious corner booth, so come on in and see what's on the menu today. Now, here's your host, Deacon Jeff Drzezemski. Greetings and welcome to the Catholic Cafe. I'm Deacon Jeff, sitting in the luxurious corner booth of the Catholic Cafe, sitting here with Thomas Patrick Dorian. Yes, sir. And Sam Ziggy Rodriguez. That's me. So uh, today we have a special treat. Um, it's always I, a special treat in here. <laughs> yes, it is. Is but, it a new donut? A new flavored donut? No. Well, it's kind of a new flavored donut. It's okay. the Ziggy Donut. The Ziggy Donut. <laughs> Extra um, sprinkles. That's right. Say. <laughs> um, and so we are uh, we are going to have uh, Sam Ziggy Rodriguez. I'm just going to like turn over the reins to him. Here we He's go. going to be like guest <laughs> guest host today. Go Ziggy. Oh, that's and fun. Go I want to explain to go people Ziggy. why. Uh, want, I want to explain why. Uh, I'm on probation. No, I'm kidding. I'm not on probation. <laughs> I should be, but I'm not. Um, no. Uh, so we were looking about uh, for ideas to do a show, and we were looking at the readings, uh, and we're going to read this uh, reading, the second reading from Philippians from this weekend, uh, and it was, and it had some particular challenging kind of stuff in there, and and Sam came up with this idea like we should do this, and it's like so he developed it, and he came up with a top ten list based on that. And honestly, I read the top ten list. And it's like in Sanskrit or something, so I can't really, I can't really read this. Hence, the, he's running the show. That's right. So he's going to read the no. So so Sam is going to lead us through his top ten list here. And let's. How about we start first by reading the reading? Excellent. Uh, I'll I'll read that f- uh, for us. So this is uh, Saint Paul's letter to the Philippians, um, and uh, from the fourth chapter. Brothers and sisters, I know how to live in humble circumstances. I know also how to live with abundance. In every circumstance and in all things, I have learned the secret of being well-fed and of going hungry, of living in abundance and of being in need. I can do all things in him who strengthens me. Still, it was kind of you to share my dist- in my distress. My God will fully supply whatever you need in accord with his glorious riches in Christ Jesus. To our God and Father, glory forever and ever. Amen, he says. So that's a that's a wonderful reading. And, you know, what gets often quoted, when you when you go into any Christian bookstore and you're looking at bumper stickers, mm-hmm. right, the bumper sticker section, um, you will see, I can do all things in him who strengthens me. Mm-hmm. You'll see those kind of quotes, right? right? And that, that's a beautiful quote. Thank you, St. Paul. It's wonderful. Uh, and But then you won't always see the stuff about, Living with abundance, yeah, <laughs> and that's and that's kind of a weird. That's kind of a I say weird. That's kind of an interesting take on things. So, what, where did that spur you on, Sam? Well, so it struck me, right? And he's sitting here. He's talking. We we can understand as a matter of common sense why it's a challenge to live in need. Why it's a challenge to not have the food you need. But you know, it's not common sense. I don't think in my intuitive to most people um, that it's a challenge to uh, live in abundance or to be well fed and obviously what Paul St. Paul is pointing us to is the challenge it's a spiritual challenge and you know we've discussed uh, you know you see throughout the Bible references to you know warnings about wealth and I, I thought you know maybe what we should do is a top 10 list about you know the this top ten spiritual challenges for those who are living in abundance. 
Now that's okay, we haven't. I've, we've never done that, and and a lot of times we don't think. I, I agree with you one hundred percent. I mean, it's like you don't hear the guy going, "Oh, woe is me! I, I've got so much." You know, I've, you know, I can't even sit straight. My wallet is so thick. You know, so it's like I, I get how difficult, what a challenge it can be. Right? So that said, that was actually really funny. So, that was really well played. So that being said, Sam, uh, you are now guest co-host. Uh, no, you are okay. no my guest head host. You're you're running right. the show, dude. Lead us through these top ten things. Well, shouldn't we also do the jingle? You know, so this is a top ten show. <laughs> no, you should do the jingle. You're the, the host. Top ten list. <laughs> yeah. All right. Very good. That's Perfect. copyrighted, by the way. If anyone tries to take it, that's right. <laughs> okay. So number one. The eye of a needle is way smaller than a camel. Jesus himself warned us that it was difficult for the rich to get into heaven. Not impossible, but difficult. He never said that about being poor. So I made that the first thing to talk about because, you know, if Paul talks about these two challenges, you know, the challenge of being poor and the challenge of being rich, let's ground ourselves in the reality of there's only one of them that Jesus warned us about. Yeah. And that's being rich. But a lot of times, that's the thing that most people kind of set upon themselves as a goal of, you know what? I think I'd like to be rich. Right. <laughs> well, then also, I think there are Especially people. In the United States. I think yeah. some people will say, and you probably said this, Tom, because I know I've said it, and I'm looking at you because we probably think a lot alike about this item. But it's like, at me too. well, there's, it's like, uh, you know, all the, uh, the problems when you get wealthy mm-hmm. that you start to have. Right, and you hear about all the all the moral issues people get into, and all the the, the dis- destroyed lives that ended up happening. Mm-hmm. And you always think, like, yeah, but if I could win that three hundred million dollar lottery, <laughs> I will be the first one to successfully have that three hundred million dollars and be happy. That's true, <laughs> you know, because I, I will solve a way of shrinking camels down to fit <laughs> into an eye of a needle. You'll make a shrink way for camels. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. So what do you think he meant by that, though? I mean, why why is it hard for the rich to get into heaven? Well, I think, you know, the rest of the points on this list really kind of illustrate uh, exactly why. Um, and so maybe we should move into number two. Uh, number two, having an abundance of things can distract us generally. So we have lots more things to look at. Lots of stuff, you know, whether so it's like TV, if you're really, video games. If you're really poor and you don't have a TV, you're not watching television. Right. right. So if you're really poor and you don't have a lot of stuff, you're not really worried about like whether this is going to be safe from robbers or whether this has to be fixed or whether, you know, it's uh, all the, the problems that seem to consume most of us. Like for me in my in my household, it's like, Dad, the Internet's down. You know, right. but if you can't afford the Internet. That's not a problem for you anymore. Not a distraction. Well, and also there's sort of a culture of distraction. You know, right now it's it's big money to be able to come up with new ways to distract us, whether it's television, video games, you know, streaming music platforms, movies. If we're filling our time with stuff mm-hmm. like that, our, our cell phones, you know, our smartphones, there's staring an addiction at our thing going on there. I yeah. guarantee that. I guarantee it. So if we're if we're if we're distracting ourselves with that, we're what we're not doing is a, a lot of times is using that time for prayer. And, right. and staying in touch with God, so I think that that just first just the the, the distracted the distraction element, mm-hmm. uh, but then number three, having an abundance can create deep confusion about what really matters. Mm-hmm. How so? Well, I think it can throw things off where it can throw off. Uh, we can start valuing the things of the earth in a in a way that uh, causes us to us to not focus on the things of God where, you know, seek first the kingdom. If we start seeking first 
building our own little kingdom. Yeah. Right? Yeah, I can see that. Then at that point, it can really um, it can throw off our entire value system and, and our sense of what it means to be saved. Mm-hmm. You know, at that point, our salvation can become getting that next nice car. Uh, getting that nice job and having this much money in the bank account that that can feel like salvation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so this is more this like number two is about being having a distraction. This is really about having things because it's not necessarily bad to have things, right? But we can get out of balance. Things yes. can get skewed in terms of what we value, right? If we if we get attached to those things and say, "Gee, I really can't live without this." You know, what's really scary too to me about this is. How you're setting your kids up, how you're setting your family up for this. Because if you're so focused on abundance, on all this stuff or whatever, what are you telling your kids? Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's really scary. Yeah, the, ki- the kids will do what you do and not yeah. what you say. Yeah. Oh, that's true. Yeah. And, and I think, so then we, we go down to number uh, four. Having an abundance of things can create a false sense of security and put us out of touch with the fragility of our circumstances. I mean, the reality is... No matter how rich you are, there, a disaster could strike you tomorrow and obliterate everything. But mm-hmm. you're not necessarily sort of grounded in that reality and, and the fragility of life if you, you, you can easily just kind of <clears throat> have that fault. You get lulled into that fault of sense of security of, I've made it now. Right. Well, and then uh, you look at uh, uh, certain diseases. Mm-hmm. They don't really care who's rich and who's poor. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's sure. honestly, cancer is something that strikes everyone, and no matter how wealthy you are, some things, you know, you can prolong some certain things. But you think about some of the super uber, like wealthy folk who have had cancer and died, like everyone else. And I'm not saying it's a good or bad; or it's a judgment. I'm not saying any of that. All I'm just saying is that you can start to believe because you are taken care of, as it were, mm-hmm. that you don't have to worry about anything, right? And you you'll you'll forget that you're as frail a human being as everyone else is. Right. Absolutely. And then this brings us, I think, well to number five, that having an abundance of things can make a person complacent and even spiritually lazy. And here's what comes to mind when I say that. Uh, Peter Herbeck, who uh, has a, uh, he's been on EWT in a number of ways, especially the show Crossing the Goal. He had a quote once that he said on, on EWTN. He said, The devil doesn't need to take everything from us in order to destroy us. All he has to do is neutralize us. Ooh, what do you mean by that? Well, so what he he said was, you know, we have this image sometimes of, of, uh, you know, things from the book of Job of this is how the devil is ruining, you know, Mm -hmm. your life. Or maybe from the exorcist or something like that. The fact is that if you're just neutralized, where you're lulled out of the fight... Mm-hmm. You don't need, you're distracted from mm-hmm. God by the things of the earth. The devil, he can dance a victory over just that, you know, and because anything can become an idol at any time. That's that's the old hot cold. Jesus that's wants right, you, he wants you hot or cold. Luke, he doesn't want you warm. That's yeah. right. Lukewarm is bad, right? And and honestly, you've got to be taking a step towards the kingdom of heaven. I mean, right. there's something we have to do. We actually have to. I know Jesus opened the gates of heaven for us. He died for our sins. He is the reason why we can go to heaven. He did the work. He's the one that did that. But we still have to take a step towards him. Yes. And if and if the devil's neutralizing us, right. we're not we're just standing there. And so it's it's good for us to have, you know, Jesus talks uh, a lot about the importance of vigilance. 
And right. if you're lulled into that false sense of security, you don't have that sense of urgency that you need to fuel vigilance, mm-hmm. and you are at risk for getting neutralized. Well, um, host, we're getting ready to run up on our break, so oh. you're going to have to lead us into the break. Okay, well, you know, we have a, we have a wonderful uh, website. Oh, we do. Yes, we do. Yes. TheCatholicCafe.com. Oh, I've seen it many times. And he also, Deacon Jeff likes to receive emails. What's my email address? I believe it's Deacon Jeff at TheCatholicCafe.com. That's novel. Thank you. <laughs> And, and then, you know what? Like us and Facebook. We should also like us on Facebook, on Instagram, and Twitter. <laughs> oh, like go. and share our posts and comment on them. It makes a difference. And with that, we'll be right back. <laughs> I'm Bess Drzymski, and this is another great moment in church history. In 1904, a humble religious brother named Blessed André Bassett began building a shrine in honor of St. Joseph in Montreal, Canada. Brother André was born into a family of ten children. He said his great devotion to St. Joseph came from the example of his father and the teaching of his mother. His father was a lumberjack who died in a tragic accident when André was only nine. His mother died three years later of tuberculosis, which left all ten children as orphans. When André was only 12 years old, he was forced to leave school and travel in order to find work. He wandered from job to job and eventually ended up in the United States as a textile worker. He was a diligent worker and excelled at his trade, even though he was in poor health. In 1870, he returned to Canada and applied to enter the Congregation of the Holy Cross in Montreal. With some reluctance, the superiors of the order agreed to accept him and assigned him the menial tasks in the community. Just as St. Joseph said yes to God's call and obediently consented to Christ's mission of salvation, Blessed André carried out his duties with a spirit of obedience and joy, even though they were the most humbling and tedious of tasks. His superiors kept a close eye on him, wondering if they had made a mistake in accepting him to the order. Brother André said, When I entered the community, my superior showed me the door, and I remained there for 40 years without leaving. Blessed André began to greet the physically and emotionally troubled who came to visit his community. For nearly 25 years, he received visitors for six to eight hours a day. His reputation for healings and cures became widespread. He did not like being known as a miracle worker. He once said, People are silly to think that I can perform miracles. It is God and St. Joseph who can heal you, not I. In today's modern culture, St. Joseph stands as a model for all Christian fathers. He emulates what it means to protect, provide, and nurture a Christian family. Knowing this, Brother Andre said, When you invoke St. Joseph, you don't have to speak much. You know your Father in Heaven knows what you need. Well, so does his friend St. Joseph. Today, the Shrine to St. Joseph, built by Brother Andre, is now a magnificent basilica that thousands of pilgrims visit each year. They come seeking the same healing and renewal thousands received from Blessed Andre during his life. I'm Bess Drzymski, and this is another great moment in church history. Welcome back to the Catholic Cafe. Here's Deacon Jeff. 
And welcome back to the luxurious corner booth of the Catholic Cafe. I'm the former host of the Catholic Cafe, <laughs> Deacon Jeff Drozimski, sitting here with Thomas Patrick Dorian. Sir. And the new, well, temporary, today host <laughs> of the Catholic Cafe, Sam Ziggy Rodriguez. And Ziggy has taken us through this really cool top 10 spiritual challenges for those living in abundance. Yes. Wow. All right. <laughs> and so maybe I should recap the first five for those who uh, missed out in the first part of the show. Good uh, idea. Brilliance. <laughs> That's absolute brilliance. <laughs> number one, the eye of a needle is way smaller than a camel. Jesus himself warned us that it was difficult for the rich to get into heaven. He never said that about being poor. Two, having an abundance of things can distract us generally. Three, having an abundance of things can create deep confusion about what really matters. Four, having an abundance of things can create a false sense of security, put us out of touch with the fragility of our circumstances. And five, having an abundance of things can make us complacent and sometimes spiritually lazy. Wow. There you have it. That's a nasty list right there. It is a nasty list. These are just increased risks that those with abundance have to be watchful for. The other other reason why... You know, I wanted you to host this was because this this stuff is challenging to me too. I mean, because you realize I have an abundance of like of wit, of beauty. <laughs> uh, I just I'm gifted in so many ways, and, yes. I, and it's hard for me to live with that sometimes. Especially I have the these, beauty part. That's yeah. <laughs> yeah, really hard for me to. Thank you for humbling me. Thanks for radio. <laughs> so where are we? Are we on number six? We are on number six. Number six. Having an abundance of things comes with stewardship obligations, and thus the risk of sin by omission. Now, this is, I think, probably the big turning point of this list to an extent, because uh, like if you look at the, this, this par- parable of the poor man in Lazarus, right, uh, or the rich man in Lazarus, it, the rich man, it doesn't say anything bad in particular that the rich man did. Like, what you can draw as a conclusion, because we're not going to draw the conclusion that it's it's intrinsically bad to be rich. It was sin of omission. It was the right. fact that, you know, he what walked, he didn't do with what Lazarus. he didn't do. Yeah, exactly. And so you do have if you're blessed with a great abundance, that comes with great responsibility to exercise that stewardship in a responsible, loving way and to think about others and to think about the kingdom. Mm. Yeah, no, that's exactly right. So how do we how can we help them here at the Catholic Cafe? Oh well there's a donate <laughs> there's a donate button on our website <laughs> the CatholicCafe.com. We will we will gladly alleviate you of the distraction of, of your abundance because we could we would use that and we would use that to further our ministry. I, I, you know, that's yes. what we actually do. But all kidding aside, um, you know, the idea of stewardship is is vitally important, even for those who don't have a lot. Right, we have to be good stewards with whatever God gave us, and so the more God gives us, the more we've got to be responsible. It's our, the bigger our responsibilities. Absolutely, that's powerful. So number seven, having great wealth can make us think that we are better than others and become self-entitled. And again, this is not an automatic thing, but it can lead to that. And it's a phenomenon I'm sure plenty of us have seen, you know, where folks uh, who live with an abundance might look down on others. It's almost a, a bit of a cliche. And the fact is, if you give in to that kind of thinking if you give in to that, then that's very spiritually dangerous. Yeah, but if I won the lottery, I wouldn't do that. <laughs> I promise God I will be a good person. 
No, I, I, I agree with you that, you know, when you look at the things that, that corrupt us and tempt us and that take us away from God and, and cause us to make bad moral choices, wealth is one of those things. It doesn't mean that wealth is bad. Right. And inherently, money is not, right? Money is not the root of all the evil. It's the love of money, right? So we ought to be careful uh, not to condemn wealth, but we have to be careful to realize the, the power that wealth, in terms of its corrupting Ability, right? If we're not looking at it as as having drawbacks, spiritual drawbacks and dangers that you have to be vigilant for, then there's all sorts of ways in which the devil can catch us, yeah. and and that blessing can soon become a curse. So, when either two of you win the lottery, the way to get around that is just to share with me. <laughs> I'm just saying, I'm oh, we're making some you. kind of weird pact I'm here. here to help what's you. going on? <laughs> All right. Well, I will certainly write that down. Thank you. And Thank you. I'll certainly uh, consult that later. So num- <laughs> number eight, the resentment of others can skew relationships and cause you to get glad-handed while secretly hated or objectified. So, so not only could it skew your own, skew relationships from your own perspective of getting puffed up and thinking, oh, I'm haughty and I'm better than others. Another reality is even if you're brought down to earth and you're really putting God first in your life, you, it's out of your control how others perceive you. And I know some very saintly person, persons within the church where this is a challenge that they have to live with, where mm-hmm. they feel uh, objectified by folks who might look at them as an ATM machine, mm-hmm. um, where they may feel like friendships tend to be more conditional friendships. And the fact of, it is, the fact of the matter is, you know what, just like, Deacon Jeff said at the beginning of the show, if you know you've got a room where you've got this uh, a billionaire sitting down next to uh, somebody who's struggling to make ends meet, and the billionaire is talking about how bad he's got it, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean it's laughable, you know, right. at the end of the day, and and but you know all of us have sufferings in our life, and all of us need to be able to enter that state of vulnerability and open up about you know where we're struggling in our lives, but. For the wealthy, it's a little bit harder to do that, and it's a lot. It's and therefore it's a little hard. It's harder to have that that sort of the unconditional friendships and that same level of openness with others. And I know we've joked here about like winning the lottery, but you know the lottery or those kinds of windfalls have destroyed some families. Oh yeah. Right? So Most. so it's like you know if you if you get. Uh, um, you know, fifty million dollars, and say, like, I'm going to give each of my kids five million, but I'm going to give this one fifteen million because he's doing this whatever. And then the other, the, why do we only get five million? Mm-hmm. Right. I, and I'm not saying that's the way it always works out, but there's just all of a sudden. Well, why didn't you give money to this aunt? Mm-hmm. Um, you gave, but you gave this to your sister. It's like all the now all of a sudden, every person that you were ever blood related to, six degrees of separation or whatever, you're, they're going to start calling saying, "Well, now that you're giving away all your money." Mm-hmm. Right, and then if you don't, there's resentment. Right, right? and I, another side of this that I thought about when I was reading this particular one was that's also includes the people that are surrounded by yes people. Oh yeah, right. So you get this false image of who you actually are mm-hmm. when you're surrounded by people that because you're wealthy, they treat you like as a rock star or whatever, and they're never going to tell you the truth. Like you're you're a real jerk. Right. <laughs> you know, you really need. This is why it's beautiful to be married, Sam. You don't get this either. But uh, Tom and I know how many times we come home and say, "So I told so and so," and and our wives will say, 
don't be a jerk. Why would you do that? Right. right. Oh, thank you for humbling me and reminding me what I need to know. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. And so if you're not so if you don't have somebody in your life, a genuine friendship like you're talking about, that relationship is skewed by your money right. or your right. abundance, I should say it that way. And, you know, Jesus, he, he's called us into friendship with him and with one another. And mm-hmm. he desires for us to be in right relationship. And I think, in addition, uh, it can which brings us to number nine, uh, having an abundance, uh, it can skew our relationship with God because there there's a, a risk of increased self-reliance rather than God-reliance. Mm-hmm. Right. So we know that, like, well, we can take care of everything. What do I need God for? I've got my cell phone, my Wi-Fi, I've got my car, I've got my house, I've got my food. I really have everything I need. If I have a problem, I'll call him. If a kid, right. If a kid gets kidnapped, I'll pay the ransom. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. like, we got it all covered. You know, there's an insurance policy for everything, you know? And, and the fact of the matter is... That's terrible. No, but it's true. No, you're right. It is. But the fact of the matter is, is, is it's a blessing to... God it designed us to only flourish by relying upon him. Right. And if we are relying upon ourselves, whether we're in abundance or in need, Mm -hmm. you know, that's God wants us relying upon him to navigate either. Mm -hmm. So rather than and and so that's, I think, a very that's what St. Paul is saying in that reading. Yes. St. Paul says, I, I, I can manage this bad stuff and I can manage this good stuff because I understand my relationship with God. That he's mm-hmm. first. Yeah. And I can do all things through him who strengthens me, mm-hmm. which means that he's giving me the strength to receive and to let go. Because mm-hmm. sometimes right. it requires strength to undo that grip. Right. <laughs> to accept right. or to resist. You're exactly right. <laughs> That's right. And then this brings us to number 10. Having an abundance can create a self-perpetuating appetite for more. And this reminds me of a quote from uh, Matthew Kelly, actually. And when I heard it for the first time, it really struck me. He said, you can never have enough of what you don't need. Ooh. Hmm. Well, you know what? I think about my own conversion story, and it's like there was a time in my life when I didn't have Jesus. And every time I tried to fill, but I had a hole in my heart. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And every time I tried to fill it with stuff, the hole just really got bigger. Mm-hmm. Because it was missing that key component. Yes. Very Augustinian. You yes, can never, true. You can never have enough of what you don't need. Our more, 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 more. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Exactly. Man, that's that's. This is a great list, and this is something that I think all of us. This should be challenging to all of us because even though we might not classify ourselves as rich per se, I think we all struggle with mm-hmm. uh, with stuff and things and. And just abundance in general. Yeah. Sure. We live in the most abundant country in the world. Yeah. And let's not forget that. And and that really bears a lot of responsibility and is a big challenge on each of us. So as soon as he applies for that host spot, do I need to give you a heads up? You know, yeah, absolutely. But, you know, before he does that, we should grade him. Okay. And I'm going to give him an 8.5, a solid 8.5. Wow. Yeah, you did good. Sam. Thanks, for this. Thanks, <laughs> thanks for this uh, out of 1,000. Uh, top 10 <laughs> spiritual challenges for those living in abundance. And so now let's ask our Blessed Mother to be with us in all of our challenges. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy, Holy Mary, Mary, Mother of God, God pray, pray for, for us sinners, sinners now and in the hour of our death. death. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to The Catholic Cafe. If you'd like to contact Deacon Jeff, send him an email at deaconjeff at thecatholiccafe.com. Visit us on the web at thecatholiccafe.com. You can also find us on iTunes or follow us on Facebook and Twitter. 
The Catholic Cafe is brought to you by the Order of Malta Federal Association. Join us again at the Catholic Cafe, serving up salvation one cup of coffee at a time.